Living my whole life in a wheelchair has its challenges. But the biggest challenge of all is not what you think. You see, the challenge with the biggest wall to climb is helping people understand what life for a wheelchair user is like. And what I noticed is everyone has their questions. And this podcast will finally give you the answers you've been searching for. My name's Devin Weber, and this is The Wheelchair Warrior Project. Hey, what's up, guys? Devin Weber here, and we have another episode of The Wheelchair Warrior Project. I actually have a good friend uh, with me, uh, my friend Swaroop. Uh, he couldn't be directly here with me today because he's all the way in India, but you know what? We uh, finally facilitated a time to get together and talk, and he says he has a lot of questions that he's ready to ask me. So. I'm trying not to get nervous. He's trying not to get nervous. We're just trying to be excited for this whole thing here. How you doing, Swaru? I'm doing awesome, Devin. How are you doing? You know, things with you? I'm doing, I'm doing pretty good, man. I'm, I'm doing really good. This, is, this has been fun, just like getting a chance to allowing people that's, to kind of interview me and whatnot. And that's fun. That's so awesome. I mean, this, this idea is quite unique. You see, it's like nobody asks me to interview um, themselves. You see? It's kind of... <laughs> It's kind of, I was like, okay, what is he trying to achieve? And then I got to understand from you what exactly you're trying to pull it off. I like, it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And yeah, I'm really glad you called me out to ask you a lot of questions, bro. I do, of course, have a lot of questions. <laughs> Sounds good. Well, hey, we'll, uh, we'll get right into it too. So basically for those that haven't listened before, if this is your first episode, how it works is this interview is kind of flipped. So instead of me asking Swaroop questions and us going that way, he's asking me questions with absolutely no limit, no cap, as the cool kids say. Um, mm -hmm. And it's just about, you know, myself as a wheelchair user, living my life in a wheelchair. Any questions that he's ever had about people living life in a wheelchair, he can now ask me on this pod podcast. So I'm going to go ahead and set a timer on my right-hand side with my handy-dandy robot. And then we will just go ahead and get right into it. You're good to go. There you go. Okay, so Devin, I'm going to take you back uh, in time a little bit. Okay, so I want I see, basically, my childhood has been a little rough just because I was dark and fat. Okay, that's it. Like, just because I was fat, my childhood has been really, 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 really bad because I was getting bullied by people. I was getting all kinds of things in school. Um, teachers used to comment. Students used to comment. In India, it's a completely different game when it comes to bullying and all that things. It's not as classy as how it happens in US, but it's kind of, it's not trendy and stuff. It's kind of harsh. So something that I would want to ask you is like, during your school days, how exactly was your school life? I mean, were you going to school every day? Do you used to get options of taking off because you are on a wheelchair? Something that you always take, uh, something that you must be feeling very much is like, they show you sympathy. Do you like that sympathy? Or do you, oh, what? I have a lot of questions. Yeah, you're so, good. Yeah. No, I, I, think, I think that's a, that's a very interesting angle of the school question because I wasn't sure where you were going with that eventually, uh, essentially, but I like it because you, you mentioned something that really stuck out to me. Like, you know, is it, was it normal for you going to school? Like, were they showing sympathy? Do you like that sympathy? How did that work? And, and for me growing up as, 
in a in a wheelchair going to school, we had what was called IEPs, and I uh, my my wife told me what they were called. I think individual education plans, I think is what they are. Yeah. Um, but anyways, the the premise behind these things were like, hey, if somebody has some sort of special needs, and that could be a long series of things. You don't even necessarily have a have to have a disability to have them. Um, but if you did have a disability, the chances are you had an IEP. And, and for me, like my mom would kind of come up with this plan every year to be like, okay, like Devin needs like 10 minutes extra in between classes to get from point A to point B. Um, let's make sure that, you know, Devin has an extra textbook so he doesn't have to carry these textbooks home, things like that. Right. Um, and that was kind of like my overall school life. I think one of the most interesting things though, is I was kind of lazy. <laughs> So my mom caught okay. on to that. And at a mm -hmm. certain point in my IEP, my mom told the teachers, hey, I want to make sure that nobody's pushing Devin. I want to make sure Devin's pushing himself so that he could be active. So they literally, I, I shit you not, they literally had that in my IEP that, that Devin has to push himself. So if, if people were like pushing my wheelchair in the hallway, if I needed help, like teachers would be like, hey, you can't do that. Um, so that was pretty interesting growing up in a wheelchair in school. I would say sympathy wise though, I didn't get so much sympathy from teachers as I did from the kids, right? There were a lot of kids that would almost like overly help me because they just, they felt so bad at the fact of like, yo, this dude's trying to get along in a wheelchair. And as a kid, I hated it. I was like, you know what? No, I could do everything myself. Like, don't touch me. Um, as an adult though, oh man, I, I would, I would just chill back and people wanted to help me and be like, yeah, you absolutely could push me. Of course you can. Oh, you want to, you want to open my textbook to page 47 for me? Of course. Go for it. Like, so I would say, you know, definitely to kind of circle back and have more of a direct answer there as a kid, you know, in school, it was kind of interesting because my parents controlled exactly the type of attention I was getting. Um, and then, you know, I kind of was trying to find myself. So because of that, you know, I, I didn't really want people to help me unless it came to pushing me Then I, you know, cause I was kind of lazy. So that was kind of, that was kind of Devin in a nutshell for school growing up. That's so cool. That's so cool. Now I think like when you're asking about, when you're talking to me about your parents, especially when your mom was planning your IEP and all of that um what see I, I i understand you know your parents must have gone through a lot of um you know a lot of pain and all that stuff when you were you know a small kid and you were mm -hmm. actually trying to grow up and it is not so easy for all the parents to digest the fact that you know I, i'm being very frank right you want you want me to be as frank as possible on the call i'm just asking you like what was at what point did you realize that your parents had to go through a lot of struggle and like a lot of they have done so much for you in order to raise you as mm -hmm. somebody who is special somebody who is um you know uh, who is who, who needed a lot of attention who needed a lot of support right so at what point did you actually realize and what did you feel like at that point you know what my parents are uh, was it early when you were a kid or was, was it after you growing up, after school? Was it while you were working that you actually realized that your parents did so much for you? When was that aha moment? Like, dude, my parents have done so much for me, man. I think there was two points in my life 
where I had that moment. But the first point of my life was kind of a negative connotation towards it. So like when I was around like 13, 14, I always tell people that was like my rebellious years around those, around that, those days. Um, because I realized that my parents were kind of treating me special in that regard. And I, I didn't like it. And I was just like, I'm independent. I can do everything just like all my other siblings. Like, I'm fine. Like, I don't need you guys to treat me different, that kind of thing. Right. So it, it kind of translated into me kind of like rebelling and everything. Um, mm -hmm. Now, I would say I recently, like very recently, I would say probably within the last year was kind of reflecting on all this stuff. And I realized I was like, you know what? Like my parents did a lot for me as a kid. And they did a lot for me in such a way that like they were trying to protect me. I was telling Bailey at one point, I was like, I was like, you know, it's interesting that, you know, as a kid, I hated everything that my parents were doing for me. But as an adult, I realize now it's like they were literally just trying to protect me from this world that is so cruel when it comes to people being different. You know what I mean? Whatever that different may be. You know, that aha moment for me was definitely, like I said, you know, when um, I was kind of younger, but it was kind of negative. But then that aha moment recently, it was like, whoa, like my parents actually did a hell of a lot for me. And they were really just trying to protect me and all of that. Exactly. I mean, we being normal kids, we know how much parents go through. It's like, I'm just saying it's like normal in the sense we not being, we don't need any kind of attention. You see, my parents could literally throw me in one convent. They could literally... Uh, then you know what, dude, just raise by yourself, eat your own food, do that thing. Then I, we don't care, right? They, they could do any of that stuff, but still they're like, you know what, they were so productive with me and all that stuff. They've given a lot of effort to get get us growing, look, at our, look mm -hmm. after our education, look after my living, look after my expenses and all of that. Really hard, man. I can feel that. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Okay. Coming to the next section of your I should say this is the next part of your life right so during your teenage right so let's say you're just out of your school or something like that or like you're in your high school or something like that what was your life like because see our, our deal is like always okay we are in we are trying to have a girlfriend you want like you want to we want to we want to be behind some chicks we like some girls we don't like some girls we're like some girl when acted very friendly with you or like you know friend zoned you something a lot of things happen during our teenage, right? Before, right. before us getting into a serious relationship around 23, 22, 25. Even before that, just after 15, around 15 till 22, 23, there must have been a lot of attraction towards girls or like attraction towards um, somebody, like a good friend. Like, how was your, how many love stories did you have? Oh, dude, I, I had a couple. I had a couple love stories. Okay. Honestly, so... When I was mm -hmm. like, uh, I think it was like 15, uh, maybe, right at like 15, I was convinced I met the girl I was going to marry. And wow. um, she kind of felt the same way at the time. But honestly, it was one of those scenarios where like we were just trying to force something that wasn't very healthy. Um, we, were terrible oh. for it. we were terrible for each other, but we wanted to think that we were absolutely perfect, right? And we were always getting into trouble and sneaking out. At that point, that was actually like an interesting turning point in my life because when we finally broke up, I was like devastated. I didn't want to go back to school or do anything. So I actually ended up dropping out around that time and I got my GED. 
Um, so yeah. that spiraled into that. Um, but I would say after I kind of like bounced back from that for a solid, gosh, I want to say like two years, I didn't talk to any uh-huh. girls. And I was, I was kind of in that zone where I was like, you know what? Fuck them. Like they're terrible. Like all that stuff. Right? Yeah. And, yeah. <laughs> uh, and then I finally met, I met this, like really, I met this girl at, at work and I, <laughs> I, I, out of all the people that I've ever talked to, I really hope she doesn't hear this podcast. <laughs> but, oh man, I will definitely not be name dropping, but she was absolutely crazy. I, I think all of us have that one person that maybe we dated that we were just like, holy shit. I'm glad you got out of that one. And it was like, yeah. at first, at first, everything seemed all peachy, right? And then okay. it was like, everything just like escalated really, really quickly. So like, a month after talking to her, she was like looking into like places for us to move in with each other and like just talking about marriage. And I was just like, yo, like you're pretty cool and all, but like, holy shit, you barely know, <laughs> you barely know my dog's name. Like what, what the hell is going on? And so I just kind of wrote it out a little bit. I was just like, maybe it's just, you know, like the overall adrenaline of like just getting to know each other. Like I won't take it personal. I'll just let it roll off and see what happens. But it it got bad man and uh it it turned into like this scenario where i can't even remember exactly what happened but i was literally just like you know what i'm done and i told her i was done i was like i I can't i can't deal with this like this this is you're you're crazy is is kind of what it came down to and uh she Mm -hmm. ended up she ended up calling me one night i think i counted like 75 times no okay. exaggeration. Called me 75 times. I blocked her number from my phone, but I realized that um, when you block your number just directly from your phone, you could still hear things trying to come through. So every time she was calling, something was like happening to my phone, even though it technically wasn't coming through. And then she okay. sent me like 125 texts unresponded. And the text first started out like, fuck you. You're terrible. And then it like slowly transitioned into, I'm so sorry. You're amazing. I have something for you. You should come over. And I, I, I didn't respond to any of them. And I was hanging out with one of my friends and I was just like, I don't accept, uh, I don't accept gifts that are going to kill me. Like I don't, I don't trust her. Like I feel like something's going to happen. And so I was, I was actually like kind of scared at that point. She was a little crazy. But I, I called my phone company and I was like, I need to change my number. And they were like, well, it's going to cost $40 to change it. I was like, you don't understand. I was like, I have this crazy ex that's literally not leaving me alone. She's called, you could probably see it. She's called me like 75 times. She keeps texting me. I'm not responding to any of it. And they're like, whoa, okay. You know what? No, it's free today. So they changed my number like ASAP. And she figured out I changed Mm -hmm. my number, but luckily she never got it. And she showed up at my dad's shop the next day. And I was like, oh, shit. And she had this like series of letters that she sent me that was like, you know, I'll wait for you. Here's my email. If you don't want to text me, just just tell me if you want to be with me. And holy shit. Oh, my God. And then I would say there was probably like a two year gap between that before I met Bailey. And when I met Bailey, it was Mm -hmm. super random. I I wasn't like looking, looking to be in a relationship. And okay. um, I think I told you we met on Tinder 
And so it was really, we, we really weren't looking for a relationship. I mean, I'll, I'll be honest in saying most people that are on Tinder are probably just looking to have sex with people. They're not looking for a relationship, but um, yeah. it was really weird when we first met, like both of us kind of felt different. We felt something. And so we just kind of wrote it out. And then here we are married two fur babies. That's so awesome. So, <laughs> but yeah, that's, that's kind of my love my love life in a nutshell but yeah i did have a crazy pants ex and i'm uh, happy that i got away from that uh, she's gonna watch this bro she's gonna get the emails again she might she might but that's why i'm not she gonna might, say her name because if she if she hears she might this, text me oh she might text me for your number oh, <laughs> can you dude, give me Devon's number <laughs> please please i'm begging I'm you i'm gonna be like absolutely yes <laughs> <laughs> oh hell no no Dude, I, I, honestly okay. that I would got, that would be the you, one yeah. one person i would say like i'm just i'm i'm definitely afraid to see in public but like any of my other exes at this point it's like if they hear this podcast i i think to be honest i think my ex that i had in high school i'm, I'm pretty sure her family like follows me on social media which doesn't bother me at this point it was so it was so long ago like it really it really doesn't phase mm-hmm. me like I'm married now. She's married now. Like, no big deal, you know. But yeah, that one yeah. ex, I'm like, oh, please, please don't find me. <laughs> but anyway, you, bro, you're 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 pretty cool, man. You know what? Every yeah, it's okay. You wanted to be diplomatic. It's, anyway, forget it. <laughs> okay, let's get to the next question. So once yeah. Bailey came into your life, the next phase of your life has been all about entrepreneurship. Mm-hmm. Right. This is something that. That's when I got to know you. You have yep. been with all kinds of you have you have tried everything. You tried to be a dating coach. You tried to be <laughs> you tried to write a book. You tried to write a couple of books. Then you tried to get into wheelchair domination. And then uh, I should say you you're the best guy in in when it comes to technicalities and sales funnels and all of those. You have helped a lot of businesses set up their funnels. You have helped me with my business with setting up my sales funnels my client sales funnels that was a complete part so now when it comes to when it comes to entrepreneurship right so the pressures are no different you have the same pressure as me you are everything does it phase you or does it tell you that you know what i'm also a normal guy who is behind all of this uh, you know it, it, it does it make you feel very uh, you know, I think entrepreneurship is something that that should make you feel very normal, right? Like it should make you feel like, yes, I'm also doing something of my own. It's like, what is, how did entrepreneurship change your way of looking at your life? What was before entrepreneurship and what is after entrepreneurship of someone who was on a wheelchair for, for their complete life? Right? Yeah, for sure. So I would say to kind of preface it um, with entrepreneurship for me, um i was actually really depressed when i first met bailey um and i i was working at a call center and mm-hmm. i like had no aspirations to like really do anything with my life i was like i i think i was like 22 i was talking to somebody the other day and i was he was like it's almost like you had a a a free midlife crisis i was like you know that's a funny way to look at it but it kind of was because i was just like dude my life's over like i i've done nothing with my life and i'm i'm 21 like that this Mm -hmm. is it this is this is over and so 
Um, when I met Bailey, I, we were trying to figure out exactly when I met her. I think I met her when I was like 22. Cause she was pretty mm-hmm. young when I met her. We're, we're a significant amount of years apart. So she was, I think she was 18 when I met her, but she was turning 19. So um, entrepreneurship for me happened because I was so damn depressed that Bailey finally had enough. And she was like, dude, like I'm trying to help you be happy. Like what the hell will make you happy? Like, cause you're clearly not happy at this job. And I was like, I, I say it like she was being all intense, like beating me, but no, it, it was a lot more nice, but that's kind of what it came down to. Um, I was like, you know what? Like, I just kind of want to try and do my own thing because I'm sick of having to work at call centers to have a job. Like I want to do something different. Like I want to be different. And so I randomly came across um, an advertisement for uh, Ty Lopez's social media marketing agency program. And so I bought that program and that was literally uh, where it flipped. Yeah. I didn't end up really doing anything on like the agency front, but I got to say like that, that program really changed my mind to be like, dude, you can be anything. For me, that was the point where I realized like these people that are millionaires and all this stuff, like they're not far off. And if you want to be that, that person, like you can be, and you just got to kind of come up with these skills or, or figure out what you're good at and kind of apply them so that you can help people and make money in that way. So that's where that started for me. Um, I would say it kind of went downhill though, because I, um, I kind of like started a business and then didn't really do anything with it and expected to make money somehow. I don't know how that works. And so, um, you know, I started that business probably like three years ago and I'm just now like finally coming to a place of being like, okay, like I'm trying to figure out the structure. Like, what is it I'm really trying to do with this? Like, how does it apply to like helping people and businesses and making money? And so for a really long time, it was kind of spiraling down again. And that's honestly why I ended up getting a job with ClickFunnels because I was like, okay, I'm clearly not making money and I'm kind of just sitting around doing nothing. So I might as well get a job to like make some money while I'm figuring out what the heck I'm trying to do. At the same time, getting a job with a company that kind of translates into exactly what I'm trying to do. Yeah. So that was kind of entrepreneur for me in a nutshell it started off just randomly from a facebook ad and then it translated into all these different ideas that that you seen along the way um you know yeah. the awkward man's guide to getting her attention all of that stuff right the yeah the facebook go live challenge um but i, I would say this one why i think this is different is like it has everything that encompasses Devin without me even trying and that was the moment that I realized that, hey, this could, this could be something special. And I told Bailey, I was like, I had this random idea. And I was like, what if I just did a podcast where I let people ask me questions about being in a wheelchair and like what it's like? It's like, uh, elaborate on that more. Like, what do you think? And I was like, no, like, think about it. I was like, people are always curious about like what it's like to live life in a wheelchair. What if I gave them that outlet to ask me questions? She was like, that might actually work. And I was like, and you want to know why this is actually like pretty good? It's because, you know, I don't have to pretend to be anything. I'm always going to be Devin and I'm always going to have that wheelchair. So I'm always going to know how to answer those questions and like be there to answer those questions and like bring light to the situation. That's when like that aha moment happened for me with this. And I was like, holy shit. So I think, um, I'm kind of going off on a tangent, but I think advice to anybody that's like trying to, 
you know, embark on this entrepreneur journey, find something that really like encompasses you that you don't have to pretend to be something, whatever that is. And like turn that into something that could actually be an outlet to eventually make you money. Even if it doesn't make you money up front, like it could, it could eventually make you money in the long run. So, but anyway, yeah, yeah, that's entrepreneurship for Devin. That makes a lot of sense. So now Devin entrepreneurship. Yeah, of course, Tyler Lopez changed a lot of lives. We should say that. People call him scammers, that, this, not of that. But dude, he's changed a lot of lives, man. I mean, he's making a hell of a lot of money, so he's got to be doing something, right? That's the way I always see it. Yeah, yeah, of course. Of course he is. So, yep, that comes to... Uh, I have some silly questions. Yeah, for uh, sure. Some very silly questions. I'm not even sure. Like, So, how do you go to Lou? Is that... Lou, is that bathroom? Is that, is that bathroom, yeah. Okay, yeah. <laughs> I had to translate the word for a second. For me, man, it's... Okay, so, like... It, when you were a kid, how was it? And when oh, you were, dude... What's the whole I, funny thing behind it? Is no, it funny? So I, is it, like, serious? No, I, would, pretty I, would serious. Say, I would say, as a, as a kid, my, my dad... My dad's always been a handyman, so... Um, he was always trying to like look for ways to help me make it easier. So like we tried putting like random bars around the toilet. Um, he tried like widening the door so I could actually fit my chair into the bathroom and like close the door and have like privacy and whatnot. Cause when I was younger, my chair didn't even fit in the bathroom. So I would literally have to uh-huh. like push it as far as I could and like hope that I stood up and didn't fall. Like, <laughs> so I think my dad quickly realized that and he's like, shit, we got to do something. So we tried a lot of things as far as that's concerned. But I, I, I think eventually I just kind of circled back into adapting. Like in the apartment that we're in now, there's not like bars or anything in the bathroom around the toilet. I just kind of know how to get about it. I just kind of transfer out of my chair. A lot of times if it's difficult to, what I'll do is I'll put the toilet seat down, like all the way down, and I'll just transfer from like my chair to like on top of the toilet and then just figure it out from there. But I would say um, for me, it was just a lot of like adapting and like figuring out like how the hell I was going to make it work. Because I realized even if like my living situation is adapted to my life, not everywhere that I go is going to be fully adapted to it. Right. So, but yeah, I would say for the most part, it's just like, just kind of transferring. It's kind of what it comes down to transferring from like one spot to the next. And that's pretty much how it gets, gets down. That's awesome, right? I can, I can feel it's not at all funny, dude. It's it's such a silly thing. It sounds like a silly thing, but it's so, it's so. I mean, it's it's, so it's hard kind, to go it's kind of silly. <laughs> but no, no it's, it, cool. it, it's not. It's not. It's not silly, man. It's it's such a hard thing when you're going through so much. No, you you're see? good. You're good. You're good, man. Yeah, that's awesome, Devin. Thanks a lot for giving this opportunity, man. Um. We, have, these we have probably like I was trying to look at the I was trying to look at the clock. I don't have my glasses on. Let's see. We have like mm-hmm. four we do? minutes. We have like four minutes okay, left four. on the time. Yeah. So if you want to ask like one more okay. question, we'll just kind of go from there. Sure. 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 Um, what do I ask you? Okay. Think about this. I mean, I have a lot of questions in my mind based <laughs> on entrepreneurship. It might it might just be boring for a few people. Uh, but here is the thing. You um. Uh, played guitar so for you whatever you wanted to learn guitar music and all of that it must be pretty 
it must be pretty normal right i mean it's not it's not too crazy you being in a, uh how do you how do you manage how did you manage to learn so many different kinds of things i mean you you are a tech developer you you work on click on developing stuff and you know all kinds of tech stuff what happens and you are a musician you are you are a dating coach you are you are good at you you you, ha- you train your dogs you are you are always with your you play with your dogs you 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 are you are an all rounder it's not like you are just good at something like you, you are an all rounder you are open to everything how does that work for you i mean is it is it something that kept you occupied because you you wanted to do things or like you or is it something that it just you just felt like doing it yeah so i think i think for me especially this kind of translates from like my younger days i always mm-hmm. wanted to be like everyone else so because of that i was always like even if it was absolutely difficult i was trying to do it whether it was getting inside of a a truck that was lifted off the ground you know 12 feet like oh my god uh popping a wheelie off a curb like <laughs> even even uh in the recent days in my apartment complex there's a hill to go down from um where my apartment is and then the ramp is like all the way down like a pretty decent amount so i was telling bailey i was like you know i'm kind of sick of going all the way around so i just want to figure out how to pop this curb on my own so i literally just like popped the wheelie over the curb and then just like used one of the posts that was in a carport and used it to pull myself over so i didn't have to go all the way around but that was like that's like old school devin and i feel like at the time it was slightly unhealthy because i was just trying to prove to the world that i didn't have to be in a wheelchair or like i wasn't different but then like as i got older it helped me to like realize hey there are just certain things that you're just going to have to adapt and like figure out and it may take you a long time up front right but at the same mm-hmm. time once you figure out your system it's going to be easy and that was that was like everything for me like you know playing guitar was really difficult what a lot of people don't know about me playing guitar is the whole first year was me even trying to figure out how the hell to even get my hands on the fretboard because i couldn't move my fingers correctly and so that whole first year was literally just trying to do that right um and then like you know sales funnels and all that stuff oh my gosh I actually for the longest time I actually went through and finally deleted the videos but for the longest time I actually had every single video that I've ever recorded and put on a sales funnel and I shit you not the very first videos I put on a sales funnel I was trying to sell like services so I had this funnel that had this really like weird design where it was like you clicked on what you wanted done and it was like web design sales funnels like all this stuff right and let's say you clicked on sales funnels It was literally just a video in my kitchen and I was like, "Hey, so you want to you want to do sales funnels and that's what we're here to help you do." Like really shitty like <laughs> nothing personal and I I kept it there for a very long time to like remind myself when I felt like I wasn't good to look back and be like, "Bro, that was where you started. This is where you are now." And like the Devin now would have not been able to do interviews like this. would have not been able to interview anyone um and so um so the the devin the devin that was like back then would have not been able to do the interviews now so it's like i had to kind of go through some shit and like figure out sales funnels figure out like what i wanted to do what i didn't want to do 
to like start to get good at like these random things, right? Like I absolutely hated cold calling, but I did it because that's what Ty Lopez told me. And so what that yeah. did was that was that helped me like be more outgoing and be more willing to like start conversations. So I still don't like cold mm-hmm. calling, but at the end of the day, if somebody was holding a gun to my head and said, "Hey Devin, you have to cold call these thousand people in the next 72 hours," I would do it. And I wouldn't even think about it. I'd be like, okay, cool. Like I've done this before. Like what's the worst that can happen? Somebody cusses me out right on. Let's go. You know what I mean? And like, same thing with the sales funnel. I just realized it was like, you know what? I was really shitty at doing it because it took probably like the first couple sales funnels to even realize what a sales funnel was. So there's a couple sales funnels that I've never actually launched because they didn't make any sense like at all. And so a lot of, I think there was like 12 that I actually launched, maybe 13. And th- people would look at him and be like, wow, like, this is really cool. And I'm like, you should have saw the first three that nobody saw. <laughs> um, so a lot of it was just trial and error for me um, and just kind of adapting and figuring out like, hey, if I really want to be this person that isn't working in call centers for the rest of my life, I have to set myself apart. I have to stop using the excuse of like, okay, you're in a wheelchair, so you can't do anything and translate it into, okay, you're in a wheelchair, so you have that advantage of adapting. So let's take that and apply it to everything that you want to do and show people that you're badass. Like that was kind of where it transitioned for me. But yeah, I would say like, that was kind of, that was kind of the thing for me is, you know, um, I, I really, I realized as I'm rambling on, I kind of forgot the, the overall premise of the question, but I'll just say this. Yeah, you're, like, it makes sense. It, yeah. it still makes sense. Yeah. So it's like, for me, it's like, I didn't, oh, that's what it was. I didn't get good at this stuff overnight, man, at all, at all. And I think the only reason why I became like the jack of all trades is because I was really just trying to figure out what I wanted to do and what I was good at and trying to encompass this all together. And I finally realized, you know what? I really like interviewing people. And so I want to encompass that in like everything that I do because I'm just kind of on this journey to like keeping myself happy, (laughs) you know? So it's like stuff like this, like really makes my day, honestly. I love it. But yeah, I mean, that was, that was fun. Keep doing this, bro. Keep doing this. Whatever makes you happy, man. That's more than Yeah, I, is, I think it's super life. important. But I really appreciate you coming on, Swarup. I know we kind of, we were kind of jumping through hoops with that. I was, I was worried you had the Rona for a minute, man, but it's, it's glad to, uh, I'm glad to see your uh, smiling face on the other side and I, I, actually get to talk I, I to you, man. I don't have any Corona or something. It was just, some kind of uh, dust allergy. I don't know what it was. I was you sick did, for two man. days, man. But I'm back. I'm back in place. That's about it. Thanks a lot, Devin. Thanks a lot for this opportunity again. And uh, yeah, keep doing this. And yeah. I'll get it subscribed as soon as you're launched. And we're, I'm, I'm going to be listening to all of this, man. Sounds good, man. Well, I appreciate you coming on, man. We'll see you. Awesome. Thanks a lot, Devin. Thanks a lot for having me. Hey guys, this is Devin Weber again, and I want to thank you so much for tuning into the Wheelchair Warrior Project and supporting this movement. If you like what is behind this movement, please be sure to tell a friend. And if you want to be a part of an interview with the Wheelchair Warrior Project, you can be a part of an interview by going to wheelchairwarriorproject.com. That's wheelchairwarriorproject.com. Be sure to like, subscribe, or do whatever your podcast platform tells you to do. And if you feel so inclined, we'd love to hear your thoughts on the podcast by leaving a review. Be sure to follow us on social media as well. We'll see you around.